Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, the coverage of the climate crisis. So it's been almost two years now that CJR and the nation got together and decided that something needed to be done about press coverage of the climate crisis. We thought that what was being written and broadcast about the crisis didn't match the enormity of what we were facing. So we worked together to put together an organization called Covering Climate Now to foster more and better climate coverage. We're now two years in. Covering Climate Now had another of its weeks of coverage to get everybody together to focus the industry's attention. And I thought it was a good time, especially now that we have a president in the White House who cares about climate and is refocusing the world's attention on this, to check in and see how this is going. I'm thrilled to be joined by Mark Hertzgaard, who's the executive director of Covering Climate Now and the environment correspondent for The Nation, and Katrina Van Heuvel, who's the publisher and editorial director of The Nation. Both terrific partners to CJR on this project. I'm really thrilled to be working with both of you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle. So, Mark, what's the report card? What's the report card now? Um, I know we, we want to say that Covering Climate Now has been a raging success and has moved the needle, which we can talk about because I think it has. But what's the industry report card? I think that the great success that the industry has had and that Covering Climate Now was part of um, goes back to the founding reason for Covering Climate Now. We founded this organization because there was climate silence, de facto climate silence within the news media, especially in the United States, but not only in the United States. Um, we were literally not covering the biggest story of our time. Yes, there was the occasional story, but it was buried in the avalanche of, of uh, you know, daily news. And if you were the average news consumer of uh, especially mainstream media, you would not have any idea that uh, humanity is faced with this crisis that literally could end civilization as we know it. And so looking back now two years later, and I can't help but remark that, you know, it, it is exactly two years. You know, April 30th, uh, 2019 was the day that we held the conference at Columbia Journalism School that gave rise to covering climate now. So in those two years, I think the big difference is that we have broken climate silence. Climate change is now uh, a regular part of news coverage for most news organizations. And while it's correct that President Biden's arrival in the White House is encouraging that trend, that had already happened before he came in. So I think that's the, that's the main point in the report card. But uh, to paraphrase Dickens, this is both the best of times and the worst of times. So yes, the coverage is more including in particular at our partners, I'd like to note in particular uh, the CBS News and NBC News, they're doing more, especially on their morning broadcasts. But the, the bad news is that they're still, uh, and the in industry as a whole is still not doing anywhere near as much coverage of this as the science indicates. And we have to take our guidance from science. Science is now saying we face nothing less than a climate emergency. And there's not a single news organization in the United States that is treating this story as an emergency. Katrina, I think one of the things that, um, one of the reasons that this project has been so interesting to me is to is this just this very notion of getting 
news outlets, competing news outlets to sort of row in the same direction. Yeah. And getting them to sort of join, which, you know, um, journalists by nature aren't good joiners. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what we're about in a way. You know, the other thing that's amazing is that we've, we, this has all happened amidst this, uh, these other enormous news climates yeah. that we've been in, right? Um, what is your, do you, do you share Mark's sort of overall optimism about progress? And can you just talk about like the, the kind of cultural and structural impediments of news that, that make this kind of thing hard? So, you know, the Irish poet Seamus Haney, a favorite of President Biden's likes to say, hope is not rosy optimism, but it's work to be done, work ahead. But I think covering climate now has been extraordinary in its ability. I think it's the most ambitious project effort ever undertaken to organize the world press around a single topic. And in um, September, I guess, of, nine, of 2019, the numbers are quite staggering, right? There, I think it was then 323 outlets, 1 billion. You're now 2 billion readers covering climate now. And Kyle, there's no question that journalists are independent beasts. They don't like to sign on. And Mark and you have faced, you know, obstacles with news organizations, I'm sure Mark will talk about, who feel they can't sign on. I think um, journalists in the, um, in this crisis, in this emergency, put aside the petty differences and focus on the science, not the politics, but the science of something Mark didn't speak about, though he spoke about silence, the S word, but siloing. I think this project has been very effective at moving news organizations to embed climate in their different departments, so to speak, and understand at their best that this is not a partisan issue. As Margaret Sullivan, the Washington Post media critic said at the very founding conference two years ago, I paraphrase, but this is not about advocacy. This is not about politics. This is about uh, survival and science. And I think that's critical. And um, the Nation and CJR and The Guardian are, I think, founders, co-founders of this project because we've been willing to challenge and break the orthodoxies and understood, thanks to Market The Nation, that science is critical. And particularly, Kyle, coming off of the COVID pandemic, when the newsrooms have been so consumed, but consumed in a way that should leverage more climate science emergency coverage moving forward. So what's the main, uh, Mark, what's the main impediment that you hear from, P from newsrooms that are like, yeah, I I'm just not, I, I think this is not for us. I think it's, it sort of reeks of some kind of, um, it's too political or it's too activist-y, um, but summarize the sort of take that you hear. Sure. Let me emphasize first, though, that uh, we say it covering climate now to every journalist, every news organization out there. You're welcome to work with us. We look forward to working with you. You don't even have to be a formal partner of covering climate now for us to work with you. Our goal is not empire building. It is to get better coverage of the story, because if there's not better and, and, and bigger coverage of the climate story, there's simply won't be the public awareness and therefore the political pressure on governments, on corporations, on you know individual people to make the changes that we have to make to preserve a livable planet for our kids and their kids. It's that simple. 
And by the way, just on that point, it, it should be emphasized, nobody pays anything. I mean, this isn't like we're not collecting fees from people or anything. It, it, this is completely Absolutely. free, and we're just we're just wanting their we're just wanting the coverage. Absolutely, there's no there's no fees, and there's no editorial line at covering climate now, with one important exception: you do have to respect climate science. Mm-hmm. But how you cover the story, how much of the story you do, that is up to you. We are organized by journalists for journalists. And when we work with our fellow journalists, we take them at their word. All we ask is their, their genuine affirmation that they will do as much of this coverage and as, as, as well as they can do it. That's what we're here for. Now, with that as, as context, I will say that the organizations that we have contacted who have declined to become a partner news outlet uh, of Covering Climate Now have generally said, uh, two things. One is what you referenced, Kyle, that, uh, well, this sounds like we're taking an advocacy position uh, and it doesn't, it makes us maybe look like we're not independent and we're taking our editorial guidance from, from not our own newsroom. Um, that is one thing. And then the second thing that you hear is what's in it for me? What's in it for my news organization to join Covering Climate Now? Uh, we'd rather just let our coverage speak for itself. Those are the two objections. Um, you know, Katrina, I, I, I sort of wonder about how, how we're going to look at this climate moment and the coverage in the sweep of history. Um, at the, I remember at, that, at the conference when we kicked this off, Bill Moyers um, talked about um, coverage of World War II and how, um, you know, there were journalists who were banging the drums saying, you know, we, we got to cover what's going on in, in Germany, that we got to cover sort of um, this, this movement that is terrifying. People are like, no, 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 it's a downer. Let's focus on something else, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, Kyle, that speech Moyers gave, I went back and read it today and Covering Climate now published it. Everyone should look at it. Um, what if reporters covered climate crisis like Edward, R- Edward Murrow covered the start of World War II? That was Bill Moyer's premise. Yeah. He began by saying, can we tell the story so people get it? And I think that's critical because part of what we try to do is inform people, foster constructive debate, debate within the context of climate science. But what Moyer spoke about is something I think we all understand, Mark, with On Bended Knee, you at the Columbia Journalism Review, that Murrow and his, quote, you know, co-correspondents, Severide and others, they wanted to cover the impending invasion of Poland. And the headquarters in New York wanted them to cover, as I recall, I think it was Fred Astaire or some dance contest. And it's kind of like the great Neil Postman entertaining ourselves to death at a moment of climate emergency. We need to pay attention. And if we don't, you know, if we fail to attempt what seems impossible, we risk facing the unthinkable. And I think we're at that moment, Kyle, in the sweep of history. And Bill Moyers, an indispensable journalist who has, you know, really done more than anyone as a journalist to foster democracy and inspiration, information, uh, I think understood that. And though he didn't feel he could speak to this issue, he spoke eloquently that day when launching what has become this remarkable project. There were, what, 200 people in the room? Yeah. All gathering, but it took off. 
So how do we tell this story? Um, how do we, um, you know, we can tell, we've talked about breaking through to the people who run these news organizations, but how do we break through, how does journalism break through to readers and viewers in a way that resonates? I mean, Mark, th this last focus week of coverage really focused on solutions, which we've heard is a particular area of interest for folks, but how do you think, is it, how do you think we frame this or we think about it so that it lands? Yes, the theme for this last extended week of coverage that we did around Earth Day was living through the climate emergency. And there were three strands to the coverage, but all of them were, uh, we suggested to our partners that what will land with audiences, what we learn from social science research are stories that are human centric, centered on human beings and how um, they are, uh, I mean, there's two meanings to that term, living through the climate emergency. So the first meaning is how are human beings experiencing the climate emergency? You know, what is it like to be a, uh, you know, a farming family in Central America who uh, is forced to flee to the United States because there have been crushing droughts for two years in a row. There was just a young woman at President Biden's climate summit last week uh, for whom that was her life story. Those are the stories that land with people um, when they're human-centered. And then especially second thing that, that makes a story land with audiences is if it's localized. The, what we do know, meaning that, you know, how is it affecting you and your community? So there was a terrific story during, this, uh, during our week of coverage that uh, our colleague at Covering Climate Now, Andy McCormick, did for mm -hmm. NBC News about homelessness. And he went to Iowa and looked at how climate change both drives people into homelessness, but also for people who are already homeless, makes life much, much more difficult. That kind of coverage really resonates with people, stuff that is local and that is humanized with people that they know. Because here's the thing, and, and this is what we try to get across to newsrooms. There's this frankly outdated notion within the media, especially in the United States, that people don't want, the audiences don't want to hear about this stuff with climate change. It's, it's, it's boring, it's scary, it's wonky. That is not correct. I want to be really blunt about that. The social science research shows clearly that 75% of the audience not just in the United States, by the way, this is a global trend, but in the United States, 75% of the audience wants more climate coverage. And that's almost independent of their political views. And if you are under the age of 35, you really want more coverage of climate change for obvious reasons. They're the ones who are gonna live through this. So newsrooms need to get a little more confident about this. The audience wants this. In general, Americans know that there's something going on with climate change. They're worried about it, they're concerned, but they don't really understand it and they don't certainly don't understand the solutions to it. So that's a lot of running room for news organizations to get into. Uh, lots of great stories. And that's what we do, by the way, at Covering Climate Now is to suggest, here's a story idea, here's a source to, to pursue it, et cetera, et cetera. That's the, that's the direction that we need to be going as an industry. I uh, think when I heard Biden last night he used jobs 47 times, <laughs> which um, when he, in the state of uh, the, the address to the nation, 
Mark, I think is, is so right about solutions. And it's not just for the movements of our time. That's where the you know energy of youth and power is, which has moved this administration already. But I think of, for example, uh, something we did at The Nation on Reimagine Appalachia, which was about how do you speak to those people who are being left behind by a fossil fuel-based industry to transition to a more sustainable economy? What do you speak, what do you say to people who, who feel left behind and the ingenuity and the economic quote solutions, which you know are not full solutions, but at least speak to people's lives and of the community, of people in a community of families. Because I do think another thing covering climate now has done, it is the case that environmental coverage, climate coverage got a bad rap for a while. And I think there's now more sophistication in the journalism, if I could use that word, or more sense of the humanity of this issue, of this extraordinary emergency topic. And there's an energy behind it, Mark, which certainly at the nation, largely thanks to you, but has made climate coverage, you know, one of the most most popular uh, themes, but we try to embed it as you've advised us in everything so we don't silo. But it's as Moyer said, telling the story so people get it. So people get it and want more. Um, Katrina, this is a slightly, it's not exactly on the coverage issue, but what have you, what have you made of the moves that Biden has made on climate? How, how do you sort of assess his, his first few months on the topic? I think uh, he's been, as the speech was last night, very, very savvy, very um, message oriented about integrating jobs into his version of a Green New Deal. He doesn't use that language, but he is committed to treating climate as a scientific issue, there is no more denialism. And one mm. hopes, as Mark and I have talked about, that what we saw, we've seen for too many years where there's this false balance equivalence between views of genuine scientists and those of paid, you know, corporate mouthpieces or Republicans, or, you know, some Democrats, that this moves on largely through um, changes in our culture, our politics. And sure, Biden's never gonna move where sunrise wants him to go tomorrow, but I think it was a very smart speech and its focus on jobs will appeal even while there's much more to be done under and above the radar. Yeah, I found this speech moving yes. um, because, um, because I realized how, how damaging the last four years have been on every level. You know what I mean? It was like t resting back a country which has been teetering, you know. Yeah, it's close to the brink, close to the brink. Yeah. Um, so Mark, how can um, newsrooms get involved? What do they got to do if they are interested in covering climate now? All they have to do is go to the website, coveringclimatenow.org. They can have a look at all of our partner list. We are over 450 partner outlets around the world. They will see names that they recognize and probably places where they have colleagues so they can vet us by asking the colleagues. They can look at our resources and see what we do. They can apply there. Again, there is no fee. There is no editorial line you have to follow except respect for climate science. So that's uh, pretty easily done. And I think the main thing that we wanna get across to our colleagues is that climate change really is the defining story of our times. It 
is the story within which every other story in your newsroom takes place. Our, our colleagues, our partners at Bloomberg Green are now running an ad uh, where literally the tagline is, um, climate change is at the center of everything. And that's certainly true in the business world, but not only in the business world. So that's what we want to get across to people. Don't silo your coverage on the science desk. Climate is part of everything. Make the climate connection. So when you're covering extreme weather events like heat waves, like hurricanes, make the climate connection. The science is beyond solid about that. So, uh, and speaking of science, the other thing that we at Covering Climate Now did as part of this last week of Earth Day coverage uh, was that we circulated a statement with eight of our leading partner outlets that essentially said, it's time for journalism to recognize that the climate emergency is here. And this is a statement of science, not politics. And along those lines, one of the outlets that, that signed that was Scientific American, which of course is one of the most august scientific journals in the world. We also, of course, had CGR in the Nation and The Guardian, uh, but uh, others as well, uh, overseas, La Repubblica, La Stampa, Asai Shimbun, the biggest paper in Japan, Al Jazeera. And we invite all of our colleagues to look at that statement. It's on our website. And again, it's this, a lot of the same reactions to that we've gotten from newsrooms. Oh, that makes us sound like advocates. No, it does not. It makes you sound like journalists who are recognizing the science. If the last year of journalism in the COVID crisis has taught us anything, it's that we as journalists have got to continue to ground our coverage in facts. And in this case, that means science. And we cannot be intimidated or distracted by what partisans, political partisans, think about our science uh, journalism, whether that partisanship is coming from the White House or from people in social media, we have to remember as journalists, our responsibility is to the public. We have to inform the public so that they can make wise choices. That is not advocacy, that is called journalism. Isn't it great to be doing something that you care a lot about? Passion. And no, I think this project, you asked about history and the measurement of history, Kyle. I think people will look back and understand that within a COVID moment too, covering climate now, move forward around science and scientific emer emergency. Um, and it's not, as Mark has said, it's not politics or activism, though those are needed by the way, uh, to, with science, scientific accuracy. I do think the impact of this project we talk solutions, but it's changing people's lives. It's improving people's lives and it's moving this, those in power to take stands based on high quality, scientifically based journalism. We all wanna have a project we're passionate about, but also I think we all care about impact and change. And uh, we can see that not only in the numbers, which are staggering for covering climate now, but what has been seeded. Considering there's still a lot of work to do, to be honest, I think Mark, you've always used that report about, with all respect to the royal baby, got more attention in four days than climate in a year at some point. That has changed. And I think that's journalism, it's reality, it's emergency, it's activism, and it's those in you know, leadership positions who understand what's at stake. 
The other thing I want to mention to folks is that Covering Climate Now is just announcing this week uh, the Covering Climate Now Journalism Awards. We will be honoring exceptional journalism from throughout the newsroom, not just the science desk, everybody in the newsroom, because they're all climate beats. You can submit the uh, applications. We need them by June 1st. We will have an award ceremony in September that I'm proud to announce will be co-hosted by Al Roker, the Today Show correspondent and special climate analyst at NBC News, along with Savannah Sellers, his colleague at NBC News' digital program, Stay Tuned. So these are the Covering Climate Now Journalism Awards. We invite all journalists and newsrooms everywhere to submit your best work. Come to the website at coveringclimatenow.org for more information. And you can also check out the CJR Twitter feed for information on those awards, which we've been which we've been highlighting. So I'm thrilled to have you both as partners on this project. Yeah. And, Same and here. It's, um, yeah, partnerships can, in journalism are are rare. So that's to also to be so independent partnerships. <laughs> so as Mark said, you can catch up coveringclimatenow.org. You can check cjr.org and our daily email newsletter, The Media Today, which often carries covering climate now information, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.